0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: I um, have an on-the-spot overrated and that is selling your clothes. I'd really like to be yeah. yes. oh the Oh my God, it is
2: so funny you say that because my fr- I just had an experience on Spock, yeah? And it was really, it was just really funny. It was like some ordeal. And then my friend sent me this whole Instagram page this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the I dip beef. I was on it. What's the oh, Dipop beef? Oh my God, Shilla, was
1: so funny. I need to read it, Shilla, to you, at least one. Basically, people sell on Depop yeah, yeah? And then there's like beef between the seller and the buyer. And then this whole page is dedicated to highlighting that beef, and it is some of them are. Is it oh, only one beef, or no, is multiple? No, it's like called sorry, the pop
2: drama. And they're like, sorry, babes, um, I've had diarrhea for the past like three weeks, and I've lost a stone. Anyway, I was scared I was going to have diarrhea <laughs> on the way to the post office. This <laughs> one <It's what laughs> says, "Hey, so the worst thing happened,
1: and the package with the shorts fell behind the self kiosk machine at the post office. So I'm working on getting them to move the machine." and then there's another one which is what? oh you said these trousers are from Urban Outfitters but they're from Bershka and then the person's like yeah so what you bought them for what you thought they were worth and they were like but they're not from Urban Outfitters and you charge you 49 a pound or whatever and they were like yeah but you saw them and you wanted to pay for them. So
2: they're like it's just an honest mistake so
0: what Bershka so, <laughs> what well, is the price of, is there a price difference
2: between yeah, and yeah. urban outfit is minimum everything is like 50 quid hey babe sorry i haven't been able to ship your order yet hey my babe, nan, you
0: know.
1: my nan you fell like over in tesco's <laughs> and it was, i'm not and laughing even, at nan and it was really severe she might have to have surgery on her hip lol we'll ship your order to <laughs> <No>. my sex. <XXX. laughs> someone even said Hi, can you send me a really rude message so we can make it onto the Dipop drama page? Thanks. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash loss.
2: Right, should we get started? as yes, everybody. Welcome back to Two Cents. If you haven't listened to one of our episodes before, it goes like this. Each of us bring two subjects that are overrated and two subjects that are underrated to the virtual roundtable where we unpack and debate them and be for our listeners to do the same so we've got a short one this week let's get started who wants
0: to go first I'm gonna go because I never go and I'm actually feeling like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do my second one but I actually think there's gonna be a lot of overlapping um underrated or overrated Um, Overrated. overrated.
2: she asks every
0: week you know (laughs) I do you know um it is a really simple one quick one so you might have two cents to add I'm not quite sure what to label this or call it. So I'm going to go straight into it. Um, I've been trying to change my eating habits. um, And so I've been looking closely at kind of what I'm eating. You know, there's so many different diets out there. There's, you know, a a range of different ways you can eat. Some people are like, go vegan, drop sugar, eat meat, eat more veggies, all of this stuff. And Mm -hmm. I've been looking into keto recently. Mm -hmm. And, like, everyone's going to be like, it's just week one, Chilu. But week one, I was like, avocado, strawberry, steak, chicken. Like, some of the pages, I was like, how many variations of avocado am I going to eat? I just
2: remember Nafisa bringing avocado and mackerel into work. Every day. Every day. Every day, day.
0: And, obviously, I'm around my parents a lot. And my mum, she cooks a lot of... What's the word? Look, not just Indian food. She cooks loads of different food, right? like mm-hmm. our cuisine has a flavor, you know, It's got lots of different types of flavors and stuff. And I just realized, and I saw I went down like a bit of a black hole, and I ended up coming across a piece that's actually on Galdem, that um, oh, I love t- where this is going oh oh and it was titled how a pot of beans can be a revolutionary act and decolonizing your diet and as I was kind of going through the recipes looking at my meal pans I was like this diet doesn't fit my lifestyle and how I've like and I felt almost like I was like saying oh no my culture's bad all the foods in my culture in my upbringing is is being demonized now And, like, we as a family, we drink a lot of Darjeeling tea, for example. And me, I need a little bit of sugar in my Darjeeling tea. Like, if you know about Darjeeling tea, it has, like, quite a subtle... I don't want to say bitterness, but it's, it's quite an earthy tone, you know, that, that stays in your mouth. And for me, I've always drank it with sugar. If I don't drink it with sugar, I won't drink it, basically. Mm. And it got to the point where I just kept saying no, no, no to tea time. And it started making me feel really upset. And I realised, like, I'm not sad about the foods that I'm eating. Like, the diet is fine. You can have mm-hmm. lots of variety. You can season up your food. It's for yummy. You know, if you eat healthy, actually, it's really yummy. Um, but it was the fact that like lentils like are a fixture in our home Um, you just realize a lot of the narrative a lot of the advice um, in terms of like mainstream diet and healthy eating like even on the most popular like magazines and blogs a lot of it does not include our food Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it just you know I went down this black hole of like decolonizing food and I think I'm just coming to a space where I'm like actually I will probably eat lentils you know, and incorporate these foods back into my life. And I've been looking at other blogs and there's loads of Instagram pages actually that look at specific cuisines in a in a keto way, for example. Yeah. So like South Asian recipes, there's one recipe that says I think it was like black girl keto or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this food all looks exciting. <laughs> like I suddenly didn't feel so sad. So for me I think keto will be something that's quite short term. Mm. Um and looking at I guess the good foods that obviously like we do eat rice a lot in my diet, but it's something like actually, do I need to eat rice every day? No, I don't, but I still would like it to be part of my kind of diet because there is something around like keeping ancestral foods alive, mm-hmm. and I think on the podcast, I've spoken loans about kind of food history um food stories, like my uncle and auntie came around on the weekend, and one of my uncles he he t- he stopped the conversation at one point point. he's like. You know, for like an hour we've been talking about food. Their food memories. My dad and the uncles were talking about things they um used to eat at the mess. Our family
1: uh, loves food, bruv. Love, love, our food. Food. love we'll finish our food. breakfast and the topic of conversation is what's for lunch, we'll Ooh. finish lunch. And honestly, my mum <laughs> even says my dad will lie there at night in bed and talk about <laughs> what <laughs> we're gonna eat tomorrow. <laughs>
0: in and you know enough <laughs> for it's like in our family if we say no. To eating something, everyone's so offended. There's even um I don't know if it's
1: hadith, I'm not exactly sure where on the spectrum this Islamic knowledge falls. (laughs) But it's like if you're doing like say a sunnah fast or you're just like doing a random fast and someone would invite the Prophet Muhammad to eat at their house, Mm -hmm. he would he you're allowed to break the fast because someone's invited you. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard
0: that. I need to go to all my kind Muslim brothers and sisters (laughs) when I'm fasting.
1: Yeah, and that you're you're like you're it's like that idea of like um someone is like inviting you, giving you a gift and it would be rude to like turn That's that down. Testament. But imagine that like even a thing that you're doing for Allah, mm. you're allowed to break something like that because someone has invited you to eat. Like that that really tells you how important food is really and I was just <laughs> gonna
2: say on the on the back of your um Decolonizing your diet. The irony is that a lot of these back home foods um, are a lot healthier for us. And actually, like all these Western diets that we are like inducted into to lose weight or to become healthier are like, like. Oh, like westernized food is essentially just packaged goods and like yeah. appropriated bits of food from look how much the ghee world. was
1: demonized for so long as yeah, like oh the I know. are fat because they have ghee all the
2: time basically. oh my god exactly and now
1: actually we see how much benefit it's had it's exactly. got
2: yeah like I mean and a lot of South Asian food is steeped in Ayurvedic medicine as well whether it's like apparently like obvious or not and then um, like
1: warming up foods cooling down foods like
2: they all have so it's kind of infuriating to come across like diets that restrict you so much or tear you away from your like your food heritage when in actual fact if like you know those things are just regulated a little bit more like in in terms of intake like Sheila you were saying things like um, not having as much rice, but having it still be a part of your culture, you'd probably achieve that health and that lifestyle a lot more.
1: Thank you.
0: Next one. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Overrated. If anyone was following me on Instagram yesterday, you would have seen that I actually did a live. Um, laugh always last when I do a laugh, but I did a live. So I did like a really short video. Um, I record these side podcasts where I um, do a plant audit. I'm so excited about saying that, and someone's laughing right now. But I do a plant audit. Obviously, I go out and I look at my plants, and I kind of just reflect on what's doing well, what's not doing well. The end of the season, I do that a lot, so I know what to grow in the coming years. And there's loads of like things, crops that I've abandoned. Like I don't grow cauliflower anymore. That's just long. Um, oh. Yeah, but, but that's based on like plant reviews. You know, we do reviews for diff- different different things. A good so. Idea, I, you just have to isn't it And you learn so much and I do I started recording those as like Mm. audio logs on the Mm. podcast Mm. um which uh, yeah listen to them anyway very interesting I'm like tomatoes aren't doing very well due to tomato rot and I was reflecting on my plants like and how I share like my gardening journey online and sometimes I share loads of pretty pictures right of lovely flourishing corn and tomatoes and flowers and how we don't tend to share the whole picture. And obviously it's not obligatory for you to share the whole journey. But I think if you are somebody that is open to sharing kind of your journey about the things that you're creating or the, the things that you're doing, it's important to share the whole spectrum so yesterday basically on the ig live i shared everything about my growing journey that's not working so like tomato rot and all of this stuff because i think some some people might see my kind of growing journey think oh my god this is wonderful look she started all this it looks wonderful but there's also downfalls and things that haven't worked and i guess it's just a picture you
2: posted once on um instagram of like your plant station bit and you were like um, not the yeah yeah it's like the the not so pretty side of my hobby or something like that and it was like mm. a a nice refreshing insight into like Right, like this journey that you're on, it doesn't always have to look like. I think you said something about messy gardens as well. Something, something yeah, that like messy
0: that. gardens. You know, this especially like as a gardening enthusiast, when I'm looking at all these gardening pages, there are perfect borders, perfect lawns, perfect rows of vegetables. My mm. allotment's like all over the place. Mm. I'm like, oh, in and hope for the best. Mm. Um, so I think it was just lending to to me and thinking about how I exist on social media and the things that I put out, not mm-hmm. everything should look pretty on a grid. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're someone who is for sharing the journey of growth and sharing the journey of projects that you're mm-hmm. doing.
1: you know what? I've um, recently... Um so obviously, like I always on my not obviously because obviously everyone doesn't follow me or know who I am, so not obviously. But on my social media, I always do like talk about don't believe the hype, and I always do get honest about like try and get honest about like not necessarily always about oh this is the struggle behind this. Sometimes just being like oh this is how easy this was to do or whatever it is, right? and but more recently and this was I think a couple I think maybe work from home podcast or two cents I forget um we I was talking about how like if you go through the timeline now everyone's either on like a staycation or in a lavender field and everything Mm. like that Mm. and I I just feel like I've personally come to a point where I'm like um especially because this is like changed I've also changed how I use my social media over the years but I've come to a point where I'm like, I think everyone needs to, everyone should by now understand that mm. social media is highly curated and social media is highlight reels and not real life. And I feel like we've had a lot of dialogue about like the um, importance of the creators mm. to be transparent and to not be so curated and blah, blah, blah. But I think actually we need a bit more dialogue on the people who are also you know viewing you know a lot of social media users is made up of people viewing rather than creating Mm -hmm. and I think there needs to be dialogue around like responsibility of you as a viewer Mm -hmm. and you taking with because I think it's very very easy to push it onto creators to be like oh all these curated feeds and blah 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 like personally if you go through my feed you won't see that much of that like pastel pretty and pinks vibe highly curated flower walls because i'm like i i i just don't want to um have that on my feed like i actually feel like quite an aversion to it Mm -hmm. and but that for me that's like if that's what you want to create there's there's still people that want to see that there are some people who I imagine their feed is just like beautifully 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 aesthetic and that serves as like inspo for them and like you know is is like a certain thing for them but Mm -hmm. I do think we speak a lot about the responsibility of creators which I definitely think there is a responsibility obviously I wouldn't share the journey and all of that in the way that I do if I didn't think that but I do think we need to also come to a point where like social media has been around long enough for us to know their highlight reels mm-hmm. and you as a viewer, consumer, whatever you're calling that group to take responsibility of how social media also makes you feel. Um, like I use my mute block button so, 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 so much. And I think actually your explore page, probably your explore page and your... Um, time on the apps probably tells you a fuller story about your use of social media and what you whether you're using it in like a beneficial way so yeah I think absolutely like sharing different parts however also as someone viewing social media taking the responsibility that you can take
0: yeah definitely I mean with that as well I was thinking like I was writing a post and I was going to put a disclaimer I was like People, you know, see
2: between the lines. You okay, know, I know when something before I you, and you Shiloh. know when not. I was gonna say to your um, creators versus consumers thing is that it's ultimately visual, and mm. people there's a threshold where like the dialogue will only take them so far, like and even psychologically that dialogue will only take them so far. Like they have to see it. So like, Shiloh's messy pots. Like for example, people still tend to not post. The not so pretty parts of their their life right it might not be that it's like curated mm. um like in a in an aesthetic or adhering to an aesthetic but they won't necessarily show like unfold submitted because it's not a pretty picture yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. yeah exactly and and that's where you know there's always going to be that hump that people there's going to be that mountain that people will not be able to climb unless they start seeing more of that on the ground as it like basically i don't you know i feel like pictures, you can
1: I feel like you can climb that mountain in... uh, I don't feel like it has to be that the alternative is there for it to not get to you, basically. Because, like, for example, over the last couple of weeks, I've been setting my Instagram timer for, like, 10, 15 minutes a day. So it's like I'm not... uh, Like, the ability for me to see all those visuals mm. is already reduced do you see what I mean yeah but and like, happened... even the sort of people I follow like it, I just I, I just think that yeah I get what you're saying like social media is going to be what social media is and in many ways it is made to create these feelings that we're talking about right that I mean what very... you just said
0: now nah. social media is going to be what social media is to you right but use. no
1: I think as as a general like it's made addictive it's made to mm. uh you know um what's the word emulate like you know dopamine and the this the way you scroll it's perfect culture yeah, yeah like it's it's regardless of the like yes you can make it a certain way but i just think we do have to accept like this is what it is and on honestly like if that is also if if you feel like you can't get past and if it is affecting you i I honestly think it's a conversation to have of like do i want to be on here and do i need to
0: be on
2: here hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role
1: I put this on Twitter because sometimes I use Twitter to basically get answers to why I think about certain things in a certain way. I tweeted saying, why does the word empowerment make me cringe, especially in relation to women? And I've got some very good answers. So I'm going to keep this short. I'm going to read those answers because they do the job and that doesn't need to do much talking here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to read some of the answers. And I felt this because I, I think we've all seen the wording around empowerment in relation to so many things whether it's beauty products services spending money whatever it is um and the answers were really good so one said the lack of agency empowering so this was from Fatima Adash and she Mm -hmm. said the lack of agency empowering centers the agency of the person or entity doing the alleged empowering rather than the person allegedly needing to be empowered. Mm-hmm. Plus, it individualizes what are essentially structural issues and barriers, mm-hmm. which I thought was outstanding. Yeah. Um, Nuruddin Knight said, because for me, it implies that we have to seek our power outside of ourselves, particularly through men. Um, someone else said it's become an overused cliche um someone said um nasima b said i've genuinely always hated the word empower anyway especially when used for programs or activities for women we already have power vested in us so what then i prefer to use enable Mm. um diana said overused and under delivered on i've definitely agree with that laura kennett said the concept that power is a gift to be given perhaps question mark and then Suleiman said possibly because this concept is not directed towards allah and community mm. but towards those who take power in the first hand and mm-hmm. this idea of like they're the ones um giving you power and then there was a couple of other ones um Someone said, "Susu at Mansura said, "Probably because it makes it seem like women are weak and need to seek power from external source rather than from within. Does power have to be gifted to women?" Question mark. Someone said. The term empowerment has been used as a form of indoctrination to make women believe they are lacking many things so they chase what they normally wouldn't need to. And then the last one at Why Trust Me said, because it's used to flog stuff to women, lol, I associate it with the Girl Boss Wave, the Studio Pastel Pink and White Colour Scheme and wealthy wealthy adjacent people being self-congratulatory, lol, but that's just me. The, the, the
2: penultimate one um I thought was really yeah
1: yeah when you seek things that are sold to us as like that's where you'll find empowerment mm-hmm. um so yeah I just thought that was a nice little segment on mm-hmm. um how some language um is sort of like co-opted mm-hmm. and starts to become something that essentially helps people sell stuff and grow their profile rather than be around the person Mm -hmm. that we're trying to quote unquote
0: empower I mean just looking at the definitions of empowerment uh one authority or power given to someone to do something right so it's that that's the definition we don't like um it's the whole given and giving to like I'm very for the the definition I really like it and it's real form but i think like you said it's been hijacked mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the way it manifests in terms of businesses services and products is this whole thing of like you are not empowered yeah therefore come and get it from our product our service yeah. or whatever it is um and it says the other definition however it says the process of becoming stronger and more confident mm-hmm. especially in controlling one's life and claiming one's rights. Mm-hmm. right right sorry that's something you can do yourself right you can make yourself feel empowered you can be more empowered in the decisions you make you know we all want to feel like that right we all want to feel uh like we are making decisions for ourselves and decisions aren't making being made for us
1: so on we we spoke about this actually i think on the work from home podcast of this like Thing of like pe- people trying to make safe prep happen and like, oh, you need to go into work to save the city and blah, blah. So, Dettol decided to do a campaign. Obviously, we're in a pandemic. Obviously, we all need to disinfect and all of that. So, it makes sense for Dettol to come out and do their thing. They um did like these billboard ads and like bus stop ads and blah, blah, blah. And I, the copy on it, I'm like, wow. Okay. So, it says, so this is so this is what the ad looks like sorry yeah like it's a whole load of text yeah i just I yeah. it out, yeah and the it reads hearing an alarm putting on a tie carrying a handbag receptionists caffeine filled air taking a lift seeing taking a lift seeing your second family water cooler conversations proper bants the boss's jokes plastic plants office gossip those weird carpets face-to-face meetings not having to make lunch, CCing, BCing, BCCing, accidentally replying all, hearing buzzwords, leaving early for a cheeky afternoon in the sun, disinfect Ooh. surfaces we use throughout the day so we can do it all again tomorrow. The little things we do to help protect the little things we love. love them. Sorry, who, they're who they're loves them. hearing the alarm? Who loves carrying a handbag? Who loves uh quote-unquote senior second family? Please. I
0: mean, I definitely don't like wearing a tie.
1: Who likes their boss's jokes? Who likes plastic plants? Who likes office gossip? Who likes face-to-face meetings? I, likes I do car- kind of like the
2: weird carpet, though. I can't yes. know. There's something super nostalgic about it, like classroom like, about it. Oh, who likes God.
1: the um what was that one not having to make lunch because you're spending four pound on two slices of bread in a filling yeah like let's be real and this overrated feeds into this wider weird thing of like the the government not quite and I know this is the dental advert but it's a wider narrative of like people not clocking on that we're we're all actually quite enjoying working from home (laughs) and this is actually a new revolution and we Mm -hmm. actually need to move with it Mm -hmm. and trying to like stop trying to make going to the office happen basically Mm -hmm. because what like i even did a poll on my twitter and i basically because i was curious i wanted to be like okay i'm enjoying working from home but that doesn't mean everyone is right Mm -hmm. so i did like a really basic poll um and i just said if for the rest of the year, the year you had to and i gave three options either working from home uh going to the office or a mix of both and i had 331 people voted 45.6% mm. said work from home 7.3% said go to the office and 47% said a mix of both and then i also asked do you have a good work from home setup and i had 137 votes Fifty one percent said yes and forty eight percent said no. So I don't mean I'm not a statistician, but I I feel like there might be a correlation in that mix of both versus mm-hmm. not having a great work from home setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I just think it's very strange. Um, this narrative and I, I also think like it speaks to a lot of like mm-hmm. this culture of controlling and controlling like uh, what
0: what's that? <laughs> read another another dental yeah, answer. Yeah, they and have like different versions. versions. I actually need to read this alternative one. Oh yeah, it's We're, really good. Hearing the effing alarm again, having to get out of my pajamas, wear the f on my keys, <laughs> colleagues with bad hygiene and annoying voices. <laughs> Jesus, I need a coffee. Some effer has stolen all the bloody milk. Why the hell are you microwaving macron in an open plan office? You, you rude word minor sexual harassment label as bants trying to work Mm -hmm. over the top of people wanking oh wanking waging on about their tedious life dramas feeling my life ebbing away daydreaming that my boss gets run over by the bus because he used to use the uh, phrase blue sky thinking what a total peep don't forget to buy expensive sandwich though to support the rich
2: the concept is fantastic. Being your second family. Unfortunately, they just have not read the room. Yeah. So
1: this one, someone just made it up. Um, no sorry it was the green party that wrote this right Um, and they pretended it was a billboard Mm. and it says hearing an alarm, hitting snooze if you need to, no handbag no overpriced fares, no commute more time with your actual family real plants, time to make your own lunch Mm. and a nice one too fewer pointless meetings distracting everyone from what really needs to be done, Mm. cc'ing BCCing, bcc'ing, accidentally replying all and then in brackets it says you can still send emails from home
2: Right so my first overrated is a rigorous exercise and I know that that sounds like not deep and meaningful but actually it is. So along the same lines as what you were saying Shiloh about being really detached from the things that um, are intuitive to you. I was um, reading my Elisa Vitti book which I just keep rereading over and over again because I'm trying to get it cemented into my brain and I've brought it up every other podcast I think the thing that I've discovered reading this Elisa book is that um there's not a one-size-fits-all for exercise and um the one thing I have been doing recently is like a 10,000 step challenge um which is like I am a big big walker anyway but my my elder sister's actually lost quite a bit of weight doing it blah 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 and she's all for all kinds of workouts as well she's great with hits reading this Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. About women and our monthly cycles, and she had said that there is a threshold of about 30 minutes before some women start to release the stress hormone which is cortisol which is actually antithetical like it basically to your entire routine I knew me. it well, exercise yeah.
0: makes me stressed out
2: it, But I so like, when she said that I was like I've always known that but I've always suppressed it and always thought it's my laziness or whatever but I I remember thinking I feel really stressed right I was going into lots of them. states of panic I would be really quite stressed for a good hour or so afterwards i couldn't eat properly and then the rest of the day i'd be stressed as well and i was like this is not intuitive and i wasn't losing any weight and don't get me wrong there are some people who respond really really well but i think when i read that i was like wow it just goes to show that there are really um there really is not a one-size-fits-all approach especially for women because we have all these things in place right and it just uncovered this whole thing for me just like the whole health and fitness industry as a whole is completely overrated because it's totally tailored to men like even parts of the ketogenic diet um shiloh like she was talking about um our like prescriptions for eating and stuff intermittent intermittent fasting things like that which mm. in and of themselves are not bad but the one size fits all approach that they tend to give out when you just randomly google it is tailored for mm. um, um males basically
1: and it's like um so to draw weird correlation but it's like the pocket conversation we had where like the lack of pockets was because it was based on resizing men's clothes and then we somehow lost pockets in that process because they wasn't made for us
2: yeah absolutely and it's, um, it's just really tragic because I, I reckon so many women have done so much damage to their bodies over the years by following these these, these workouts with all of these statistics. And, all of and to feedback. their motivation. And to their moti- Like me and my motivation has been totally crippled because every time I come away from one of those hit workouts, I literally feel terrible. Like I do not feel
1: yeah. healthy. I consider myself as someone who's very highly motivated and I cannot, I cannot stand mm. home Hit workouts Mm -hmm. they are they and I'm that's not like I do taekwondo I do yoga I do other things and I'm like why is it that I'm so easily easily Mm -hmm. able to do those things and it's it's being able to have the confidence to be like it's actually genuinely not me this is just not
0: made rate for this week I, I absolutely love that one um mm-hmm. you know recently I've been walking a lot as well and what me and one of my friends we we're doing basically 30 minutes of movement a day and we haven't specified what that movement is but it's 30 minutes of movement mm-hmm. some days we're doing some like full-on like you know a little exercise some days it's yoga some days I'm walking to the forest or whatever it is and I don't know what it is but something in me does not want to jump around and like I've had bad knees for a little bit And I'm really, I don't know why, but I'm really highly sensitive. To putting my my body through too much impact, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. on my joints. Like I am getting a bit older. I have had knee issues, and it made me quite nervous when I was doing. You know, when you have any injury, you end up getting a little bit nervous Mm. when you put pressure or or on that, or yeah, when you put pressure on that. And like all of these exercises, like alhamdulillah one of my friends, she was training to be a PT, Mm. and we did a couple of sessions with her. And she's like, "Oh no, you shouldn't be doing that. It's really not good for your knees. Or don't do that. You just had a kid." And it was nice that she was able to say actually that high impact exercise is not good for your joints but we each to their own and I think the biggest message is living intuitively Mm. living the way like you need to live obviously there are some things you have to push through the boundary and Mm. just there are some things where it's actually if you push through that boundary you come to the other side
2: okay so my second overhead for this week is the toxic world of self-help Um, I'll keep this short and sweet but I came across a video um, that was titled the toxic world of self-help but I've also you know been like back and forth with this in my mind as like someone who's a self-proclaimed self-help addict Um, and it's I was having like a reflection moment um, after reading the four agreements again which is something that like I Routinely go back to, and I was just thinking, wow well, like this book basically encompasses everything I've read in every other book. And why do I read all of these other books? Why do I listen to all of these? Um...
1: I feel like that's how you feel after any self-help book. You're like, what's yeah, the point of reading yeah.
2: Like, yeah, exactly. And then I was realizing this cycle, um, because it's something even sometimes I like to listen to in the background of like my tasks so I'll listen to like I found like Mel Robbins recently for me it's always been a thing of oh I'd like to surround myself with positive talk I'd like to like surround myself with new ideas I'd like to also keep my mind on that track because it's very easy me personally to get into negative like holes and not really have positive voices around me so you know there is definitely um like a a way to make it work for you. And there's positive elements to it. But something interesting that Mel Robbins said in one of her videos, and I can't remember what it was titled, was that um, positive thoughts can limit your experiences as well as your negative ones if you meditate on them constantly. And that made so much sense to me because I think that there is such a pressure and ergo a toxicity with constantly having to keep yourself in a positive state of mind. We contrast the negative with the positive and that's how we're able to experience positives as real positives and negatives as real negatives. Some are necessary to open the way for uh, positive changes in your life. In our deen as well, we're, we're always taught that for the believer, every matter is good
0: um i think there's a lot of benefit in listening to the the way you speak to yourself um i think it can help you uh i guess pinpoint negative thinking patterns and root them out manage them and i guess um yeah i think there is something about getting rid of negative thinking patterns and removing them i don't think that's a bad thing but i think yes totally there is something about honoring diversity in feeling and and emotion you know what is it exactly do you feel sad about an aspect of your life is there a way you could actually um i don't know improve your situation i think what's more important is actually honoring those feelings like I think obviously it's, it's a balance not to, to honor every single feeling. Some feelings, actually you can just let them go. Cause yeah. I was listening to something where it said, um, you don't have to listen to every feeling or every mood you're in. Because sometimes, especially moods, like I know for me, for example, like some of my moods um, are dependent on my cycle and mm. where I'm at. And if I'm really close to my cycle or in my cycle, there's some thoughts that I will ignore because I'm like, nah, that's my period, making yeah. me feel inadequate or making me feel a certain type of way because I know I don't have that feeling throughout the month, yeah. right? So, it, yeah, I totally think that it's about respecting. And I feel like today's podcast is really about like, really listening to yourself, Mm -hmm. not kind of taking on every all the information that's out there and just like sticking it to yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, fine, this is the tunnel for eating. This is the tunnel for living. This is the tunnel for literally breathing. Mm -hmm. But really um, trying to get to the crux of who you are and why you have a range of these feelings and emotions. Like Mm -hmm. I always tell my kids when they, they feel a certain way, like sometimes you can be really tunneled about how, Uh, you know kids they'll either explain something as happy or sad Mm. but you and I I try to like get to the bottom of like what is what is that feeling that you're feeling like Mm. what is it exactly to be able to label that feeling because it's good it's good for them to understand the diversity in that emotion Mm. at the moment I'm not just going to say to my child sometimes I do Alhamdulillah you have food Alhamdulillah you know because it it also dismisses it it dismisses how they're feeling at that moment Mm. and you don't want to do that to yourself all the time Mm. right so it's, it's really a balance and that balance yeah, looks yeah. different for every person
1: um, so I've been waiting to bring this one to the podcast because you know I wanted to not be um, premature with it and see how it was going for me um, but basically after Ramadan someone added me to a whatsapp group and um, the whatsapp group was called Quran Club and um in there they were like look we're all gonna take a juz of the quran and we're gonna aim to read it by the end of the month and when i was added i was like i think she's got the wrong sis this isn't for me right mm-hmm. and everyone's like oh i'll take just number one i'll take just number 25 i'll take just jiz- that person that needs I'll to google what is a juz again <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like literally like mm, i think i'll just sit this out and now I don't want to leave the group to look like I'm the one that doesn't want to read the Quran, so I'm like, I'll just sit it out, right? Yeah. And then, um, and there's like an Excel spreadsheet, you put your name against the jersey you tick it, it's done, they give you reminders of like, two more weeks to finish your jurors, blah, 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 right? And then the next month comes around, right? And they're like, oh, we've got a couple of um, jerseys left over, like if anyone wants to take them, there's like 25 to 30 number left, is mm-hmm. anyone... And I was like, you know what, now, let, let me, let me try, let me put my, cause I think part of it was like, just like general hang-ups over like, can I do it? Will I finish it? Is, is this something that I, someone like me, blah, blah, all of that. Yeah. And then I, I looked through the numbers and then I think I took like just 28, which is like a really short one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let me do that. And maybe it will like, um, help me. And then I, um, alhamdulillah like i did it and i did it in like two seconds because it was literally like 22 um ayas, right so it actually wasn't like super long mm. and then again the next month i i've like um signed up to another and things like that so my underrated um is basically um whatsapp um religious accountability wait Uh, did you just say whatsapp in it i never thought i'd see the day (laughs) whatsapp really it no but my argument for whatsapp was that they need to have a specific purpose if you have a group so no one chats in this group is literally like technologies reminders of like update and Mm -hmm. i just thought actually if someone out there is listening and feels that actually there's certain things that I'm not achieving in terms of my development with my deen and spirituality. Like I definitely know this Ramadan after reading the Quran, I was like, I really don't want to fall off, but I mm. didn't necessarily know how to oh. stay on. Yeah. Um. And so if you are listening and maybe like you're so inclined to want to develop your relationship with the Quran, even as a thing of just trying to read it more regularly, um, I would really say underrated is just starting a group with a group of friends um, and basically saying look maybe and it obviously doesn't have to be the whole Quran. It could just be like, oh Can could we all like aim to finish? A, surah. A, a yeah. surah whatever and I think part of my hang-ups was like a while ago I was I had gone to a halakha and they were doing like the memorization version of this and They uh-huh. were used to like memorizing Surahs like that right mm-hmm. and every and it felt a bit like it was a hips class Yeah, it threw me a bit <laughs> back to madrasa where you'd like turn up and
0: you haven't learned anything oh yes
2: know. anxiety yeah
0: yeah and the yeah. teacher didn't know that you actually wrote the whole story and pencil on the table <laughs> yeah and like i i think that
1: for me was what put me off engaging with this group but actually it's like the, it's at your own pace you mm. you know if you want to go for a long one you go for a long one if you want to go for a
0: short one you go for a short one but there's like
2: collective accountability markers yeah, way, exactly.
0: yeah. i'm just there with um i'll do kulhulahu
2: so
1: my underrated is, um, let me see. I'm going to wear this. It is thinking that you only deserve time off because you have achieved something. Um, this is fully a letter to myself and an act to myself. But if anyone benefits, then so hope that. I'm like, how many to
0: tokens brother. do I have from doing hard work? Oh, <laughs> voucher for one day.
1: Um so this was like um a little reflection i did on my instagram which was that i realized that in business and in life there's like a spectrum of working hard and it falls into like two types of working hard because nothing is working so you're like trying to really like work hard and then working hard because actually you've got a lot of work on and things are like working quite well and you might go through cycles of these or like working hard because nothing's working until you get to a point where you're working hard because it's working um or sometimes you're in the middle um and part of me like got into a really bad cycle of like i i used to think i only deserved time off if if I was working hard because things have been working so like oh I've delivered on a project I now deserve to have like a really nice weekend or whatever it is um but then I realized that actually rest is a necessity regardless of the output of my hard work which let's be honest is either like work money career ambitions and all of these things and you know I'm sure this is all tied up into like internalizing capitalism of like I only does my body only deserves rest if it's had an output mm-hmm. um so I went from a sargester and that was like me trying to be like you know I'm gonna try and do something monthly um to carve out time and space for myself whether it's like um whatever it is whether it's like going swimming somewhere really nice and whatever um regardless of what is happening that month Mm. and I know for some people this is not going to sound revolutionary because they do it anyway but sis when you have been so indoctrinated it's quite a revolutionary realization Mm. of like I don't need to wait till I've signed off a project or like I've finished a project to have that rest and it's a lot more sustainable for me to just say like because if you've worked hard you've worked hard regardless Mm. of the output you know you've worked hard you know what I mean and so I'm like actually monthly I'm trying I've like set myself a little budget of and I I understand that even my rest is tied to money but you know we're trying to make small changes over here you know um but yeah I've said to myself right I'm going to spend x amount on myself each month and that is going to Contribute towards creating space for myself, having time, whether it's a massage, whether it's like going to a spa or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just if anyone is listening to this and just feels particularly tired, um, just know that you're allowed rest, uh, regardless of whether you're reaching your goals and ambitions and obviously as always the grey and the disclaimers here is like I'm not saying that any moment you're tired you just go oh, I need a rest now mm-hmm. but you know like at, but I'm like I'm in a place where I trust myself that I'm doing what I need to do and any rest that I take is not me trying to self sabotage or make no. excuses for myself I'm yes. not doing what I need to do mm-hmm. and that is my underrated
0: <laughs> okay fine <laughs> uh, hello everybody, I was going to do Underrated but I have been informed by the team that this has actually made it onto a podcast. Um, the Underrated was learning from women. I just want to say like how much it had transformed my Dean and I actually, we, I've done this on a previous podcast but reflecting on it, on it again, I realised like how much I do um, learn from women, like all of the articles I edit, Mm -hmm. especially the ones that fall under soul section are all written by women. Mm -hmm. It was women's YouTube videos that like helped me feel more, I guess confident in like leaving situations, acquiring certain knowledge, all of the halakha groups I go to, are run by women and i realized that like, how much of my knowledge i actually acquire from women and it's it really just drops so your it just it will transform your dean in a different way and i realized we're actually um socialized to learn from men so so much in society like Sometimes I see like sisters only sharing videos from women like, oh, follow this scholar, scholar this, follow this shake. And and I'm, and, I, and you see it actually the way people talk about the Dean, the way people live the Dean and especially where it's subject matter that is in reference to like women. Like we've seen, I've seen some terrible YouTube um, videos from male scholars on marriage. Like you see the segment that talks about how women should be in or how wives should be like horrendous it's all like rotated around like the sexual benefits and stuff but I'm not going to talk about it because you're going to go and listen to it uh all on another podcast that we've done but I'm going to recommend this book it's something I'm still going through but it is like everyone can see the screen but it's called Al-Muhadita and it's the Women's Scholars in Islam and oh, it's by Mohammed Akram Nadwi, and yeah, it's really good. It just goes through different aspects of it. I had another underrated, but it, it's not, I'm not confident on it. Naf's gonna be like I'm just gonna read the small quote, and it reads as: "If nothing has changed in the long-term memory, then nothing has been learned." Um, say that again. Energy. If nothing has changed in the long-term memory, then nothing has been learned right mm. and it made me realize like you know sometimes you come across like a profound book or a profound saying or whatever it is but it doesn't stick and we're always like oh I I've read so much about this but I still haven't changed and I think some of it is how we're interacting with the knowledge and when you spoke about um the four agreements you said that you revisit that book and Nafi were saying you re- revisit some literature again and again and you'll find that you know quite a lot about <laughs> was that a false um doctor's <laughs> statement laugh about you mm-hmm.
1: um, and you find I like we, was, this... we were talking about made in manhattan and me watching <laughs> a lot of time
0: <laughs> how have we gone from islamic ilm to made in manhattan and like the book agenda to change our condition i revisit that a lot and there are aspects of that book ha- that have stayed with me in my life um and i think that's from revisiting knowledge and a lot around that as well i was um looking like the psychology of it mm. and when you revisit something even we see this when you're studying right if you read you have to revisit revisit that's revisit for something mm. yeah to st- I still know like my French she says see, essay like off by her mm. like and that's because you revisit that knowledge but it also helps in recall yeah definitely. sometimes we there's so much knowledge out there for us to like read and visit and sometimes you think why isn't it sticking why isn't it actually changing my life and it goes back to that sometimes you have to revisit the same thing again and again for it to actually transform your life
2: well if you say that and repetition is actually at the core of so many of our rituals in our being Mm. and i think it's Mm. for that reason you know my first underrated um it's not a rebuttal against your pockets handbag thing Nafisa, the episode previous to this one where Nafisa discussed how uh women's pockets were redesigned to be basically non functional while men have advanced technology in their genes. Um Advanced technology.
0: Uh oh, that she um, sounds dodgy.
2: And we were saying how there was even conspiracies of like um, women being made to feel as if they have to carry like their household kits around with them in handbags and stuff so my only slight rebuttal is I very much really hate
0: the word handbag I don't know why it's because it symbolizes I know what you mean
2: I know what you mean um well I've been watching a lot of like doomsday preppers and this is off the back of just being told that we have had an earthquake in the UK so I'm really not far off on my thinking here and I am kind of always in survival mode very interested in um YouTube Survival kits out of Altoid tins really for me it's the utilitarian aspects that like really catches my eye. I really like how many things you can fit into an Altoid tin and how useful it all is. I'm literally constantly
0: teaching my kids, right? Come come on, make a fire, learn how to do that.
2: It's so important all these life skills we don't have. Like, half of us wouldn't know how to use anything in that Altoid tin, right? So, they can pack literally maybe up to like 50 things there's things in there that can literally save your life right so I was thinking okay what's the middle ground because I don't really need to carry a survival kit around with me yet Um, and our like everyday functional things so my underrated was basically just like having your own mini survival kit at all times and I narrowed down my things to four things that have consistently saved
1: me can I just come in? Because I don't actually think this is a rebuttal because actually when we it's think of survival really. kit, you probably think of men anyway. You
0: um, know, I've just started Googling Altoid survival kits and like I was always that mum that didn't, didn't carry the baby wipes, mm. you know, always running out of stuff. But this just... And my kids are always asking, mommy, do you have a plaster? I'm like, no, I don't carry plasters.
2: The thing is, when we think about like having to carry everything, we just think, oh my God, that's going to be some big bulky thing. And then we ended up losing out, right? But really you only need one or two plasters, right? An Altoid tin can literally carry you through life. Anyway, it's a really big thing. And there's like thousands of YouTube videos on it and all these different ways people package their their stuff, right? A multi-tool that I carry around with me all the time. A friend got wait, me.
0: Wait, 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 Sarah, the real nurse. Have you used it ever?
2: Wallah, I use it all the time. Especially for opening packages, <laughs> it's not like survival things. But you'll be surprised how many people are sitting there opening packages for ten minutes when really they're too lazy to open that's the scissors, true When all they could do is grab their multi tool and they're good. Like this one has like this knife. This
0: hair. actually sounds like this is now a product.
2: And, um, and wipes, hair bobble, and paracetamol. Done. And if you have those four things on you all the time, I think it's the most useful thing in the world and I think there's everything underrated about being prepared for things that happen to you most often that make it inconvenient for you to live your life I
1: went to a restaurant and they had hair bubbles ready (gasps) for you I didn't like the restaurant but I liked the hair bubble it's because you were eating ramen so you know hair Ah, nice to tie your hair up which I thought was
2: very very thoughtful and smart I think you know survival kits for 21st century first world problems There, there's a there's a gap in the market there people because yeah. you know we keep hitting these stumbling blocks of everyday conveniences and not doing anything about them inconveniences rather and not doing anything about them
0: i'm starting to feel though now i'm just writing down what i'm gonna put in my alto tin because i actually have one downstairs that is filled with coins yeah And then I was like, oh, these are all the things that I'm usually sitting with friends and like, oh, babes, have you got a plaster? Oh, babes. So basically, this is the the Alto Tint is basically the things you need to remember because other people forget.
1: Yeah, it is. It Honestly, it is. And this is why I hate handbags because, sorry, why why are you the designated Mary Poppins of
2: families? And this is what we want. No, to but some away people from.
0: thrive. Some people want to be the Mary Poppins. I remember my friend, right? She would be. <laughs> she bring bring out the sewing kit, the dish, She's like, yeah, I always carry it with me. She she had all those things, mashallah, But my yeah, that was the thing.
2: So that was my underrated for this week, guys. You didn't see that coming. Oh my gosh, there's quite a lot of men. Right, okay, so my second underrated for this week. We have a piece on Amali.com and it's a short read. It's called How I Use Mind Mapping to Plan My duas for Ramadan. And it's a very useful, um it's a very useful piece where we plugged a lot um during Ramadan this year, alhamdulillah and I know a lot of people really found some use from it. Um so I was reflecting on that and actually um I've got a pinboard in front of me like with lots of different pieces of paper with doaz on them and I've found like recently I've been going through my stuff and finding all of these little scraps of paper with doaz on them and they all pertain to different things right they're all things doaz that really resonated with me or have really helped me at some point in my life or that I have reached out for um while I'm going through a particular thing and so I was looking for actually some way to kind of um uh consolidate all of my du'as in a really efficient way and also use it as like some kind of framework found this piece to be really helpful um, so essentially what it is is um compartmentalizing your du'as for specific areas of your life and you know giving yourself a real explainer of why these du'as would make you feel closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala why they would help you in your hereafter and also why how they would help you in your dunya and I think what that has done for me, and I've done it just for one area of my life so far. So you literally can have it for like um, finances, uh, relationships, hobbies, even like really abstracting concepts or whatever. And you'll find that there's a dua is prescribed for that specific area of your life. And if you do the work and like pick and select which ones really resonate with you, which ones are really like heartfelt and put them on this mind map and kind of like put it up and, so you can see it it gives you this like holistic framework to work on the next time you go you know thinking oh my god I'm really struggling with um you know my love life or whatever I can lean on this this and this that and I know exactly why I've put that down because this means something to me this means something to me Thanks, I actually love that
0: post and I did I use it in Ramadan and I use it like there off after Ramadan as well mm. and I think when you come to like planning your du'as even outside of Ramadan mm. you it feels overwhelming in it? and to be able to break them up by theme is yeah, yeah it's it's really useful my yeah
2: yeah just having them like to hand because I know that like that for me there's several barriers to entry sometimes. First of all, the da will be in Arabic. So I'll think to myself, oh, have I got to learn and memorize it in Arabic or do I read it in English? What about if I want to recite it in sujood blah, 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 do I really know the meaning? You've, you've just got to find a system that really works for you and take down as many of those barriers to entry as possible. And that's with everything in life, to be honest, just make things easier for yourself. And you will find that you're able to resonate with it a lot more. Thank you to everybody who um, has listened to this episode. Make sure you uh, subscribe. We are now on Acast. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at Acast for the stories. However, you can still find us on SoundCloud and all of our previous tracks. Um, you can also listen to us on Spotify and uh, iTunes. Like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. Salam.
0: Wa